And we are now joined by Clinton Rary right here on the Blah Blah Show. Welcome, Clinton, to the Blah Blah Show. Thank you for having me. Now, uh, Clinton previously ran for uh, city council here in Austin, Texas, and we wanted to uh, first start this interview out with his experience, what he experienced uh, running for city council, uh, all the the uh, hurdles that he experienced, and the current person that actually won. Uh, now, is uh, Natasha Harper-Madison, is she a Soros operative? Do we know this? No, I don't think she's a Soros operative. Uh, I think that she aligns with Soros and his agenda, so he doesn't really need to do anything with her already. Um, and I think she's more in the pocket of the real estate developers um, because her district is bought up by a lot of the um, developers that are moving in and buying up properties on, I believe it's 13th Street. Yeah, and, and uh, you know, she almost immediately once she got into office, and that was her second round uh, in city council, right? Was her yes. Round. Yeah, she uh, she declared that she needed to step away from her position to address her mental health, and that lasted 60 days, and um, she said she suffers with depression and anxiety. At the time she was running, she was uh, going through a divorce. So I'm sure she is suffering from anxiety and depression. Uh, she should be back now. That was the 60 days began at the end of September and she should be back now. Now, let me ask you, Clinton, if you were, she just stepped, she became invisible. Um, but at this point, had you already been uh city councilman, have you ever thought about uh, where you would be, what you would have been trying to push as far as the agenda down there, uh, keeping an eye on city council? So what I would have been doing is I would have been picking apart where all the contracts, because uh, when I lost my race, I was finding that a lot of the COVID relief funding was actually going to city employees or people that were connected to city employees, to their businesses. Uh, almost every single dollar didn't go to support small businesses. It went to go support their uh, donors or people that endorsed them. Um, and so my whole goal was to bring transparency onto where the money would be going. Uh, and because we, the property taxes kept on going up and up and up and pushing people out of their homes. And we're now seeing like with the electric bus contract, we've already given $17 million to this one company that filed bankruptcy. That, that contract's gone. Yeah. Completely um, crashed. And now they're stuck with all these <laughs> electric buses. That no, they, they don't even have them. They weren't even. No, they, 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 they gave them money, and the company filed bankruptcy, and we're not even going to get those buses, and we're not even wow. going to get the money back. Wow, man, talk about fleecing the American people. Uh, oh yeah, dude. Yeah, that's incredible. Uh, and I, I read somewhere, I think it was yesterday, that uh, Biden had put seven point nine billion into charging stations for electric vehicles. You know, which is something he really ran on too, uh, and n not one has been built. Yeah, it, it's, it's <laughs> reality. They have this push for this green new deal, but the city of Austin and Austin Energy is a failing infrastructure, and they want to add all these EVs onto a failing infrastructure. And so, Austin Energy has a policy where they won't raise their utility rates two point five percent. As someone that ran a solar company in Austin. I would actually be removed from their vendor list if my proposal said that utility rates would go up 5% per year. They've raised their rates three, they're raising their rates the third time this year, which is going, I believe is going to exceed 11% altogether. So they're violating their own rules and regulations. Amazing. Man. Yeah. And, and still no audit. Uh, we still don't know where the money went. And that was something you were going to tackle too, weren't you immediately? was audited because that, that has been just a, I mean, it's apparently it's a, it's a national problem too. I think we're on year seven with the Pentagon. We don't know where trillions of dollars went, but it, it, it trickles down, you know, into our own, you know, micro level here. And, uh, we haven't known how many years is it now? It, it's close to that. I think it's right around there about seven years that we haven't had an audit 
and uh, there's so much money going in and out of the back door into these homeless projects. Uh, they're buying up hotels across Austin and uh, converting them into uh, hellscapes, basically. I mean, they, they're, they're just a complete failure. Uh, millions upon millions of dollars just out the back door. Uh, yeah. yeah. Um, so you uh, decided after after uh, leaving city council, you decided that you were going to basically move to the country and be self-sustainable and start your own farm, which uh, is a really good idea considering how bad the crime level is, is getting here in Austin. And a lot of people are feeling like they want to leave. And not only that, the uh, the real estate market is just you can't survive here unless you're a multimillionaire. It's, it's insane. Uh, what's, what's happened to Austin, Texas, but you guys decided to, you and Christina decided to move, uh, outside. What is it? Uh, West of Waco. Yeah. We're West of Waco, North of Colleen. Okay. And, uh, and so take us through a little bit. And, uh, Frank is a fellow farmer up there too. Uh, Take us through a little bit of uh, what it was like to establish a farm from the get-go, and, and you know maybe some of the learning curves and uh, you know some of the surprises you may have come along, you know, as you went along and learned. So this is something that we originally wanted to do before I actually ran for city council, but me and my wife we discussed that we can't just keep running away from. All, all of these things that are happening in major cities, because that's what kind of pushed us out of California, are all these radical policies and the inflated housing market and over taxation. So I decided, okay, I'm gonna put my hat in the ring and see if I can make some change. And after the city overwhelm, overwhelmingly reelected an open socialist that, that said that she wanted to burn the city down to the ground and start all over, um, we said, okay, we're, we're done with this city. This is, these are the type of people that they're going to elect. Sadly, once the cap once the capital falls, that's when the, a state will fall. That's what happened in Sacramento, California, and if we don't save Austin, it's going to happen here in Texas. Uh, but when we did decide to finally pull the trigger, we knew nothing about farming. We don't come from a farming background. Um, I'm I'm ex-military. I worked for the Department of Defense for a little bit, and then I ran my own solar company, um, being in the solar industry for seven years. So no experience in farming. Uh, my wife, zero experience in farming. She was in the auto industry for uh, 11 years running her own windshield repair company. Uh, but she does have farming in her family if you go back a generation. Um, and they have their, they have a peach farm out in California uh, still. And so we had to start from scratch, but we didn't want to do traditional farming where you're using all these herbicides, pesticides, and chemical fertilizers. So we started reading up on Joe Salatin on the regenerative farming methodology. And so it's rotational grazing. So you're moving the animals every single day on new parts of the pasture, because if you let them free range, they typically will find their favorite part of the property and kind of just graze there and just burn the ground. And especially that's when diseases happen because they're pooping and peeing where they're eating versus having, you have cows in this area and then you move the chickens in the cow pen that next day, they, break everything up, eat all the parasites out of the poop, and then the goats come up and clean up behind everybody. Uh, so we have those three animals that we're constantly rotating. Uh, we did make some big mistakes on buying different uh, cows. So we uh, try to uh, start out with Dexter cows because they're small and they're a little bit more manageable. But when we bought them, we didn't really do a lot of research into them and they were kind of hard to work with trying to move them every single day. And so we ended, that was a big financial mistake that we made on the front end. Um, then we moved over to Jersey's and the Jersey cows have been a lot more easier to work with. They also produce a lot more milk. Um, and so we've learned a lot about, about raw milk and that's basically what our main business is going to be is doing raw milk, raw cream, raw butter, and raw cheese. Um, just because of the so many health benefits that come with it and fixing your gut issues and stuff like that. Yeah. Can you, can you tell me a little bit about that, about uh, how how much more beneficial to your health raw milk and raw cream and raw cheese is? So with milk that's pasteurized, once you cook it, you kill out all the healthy benefits in that milk. So 
it's not that's why a lot of people are lactose intolerant they're not lactose intolerant they're just allergic to pasteurized milk and so when you were looking at raw milk you want to look at a2a2 milk because it's going to have the same protein enzymes that's not going to give you that upset stomach issue and goat milk is all a2a2 so people that don't want to drink cow milk they could drink goat milk but you want to drink that as raw milk because by the time it gets to a grocery store um, it's going to have that goaty taste um, the reason i like cow milk is because you get the cream in there so you can separate the cream uh, or you could drink whole milk and you just shake it up every day uh, I drink skim milk my, uh, particularly because I can't handle too much cream will actually upset my stomach because uh, the jersey that we have is an A1, A2, um, but we are planning on breeding her to get an A2, A2 calf so we can have A2, A2 raw milk. Mm-hmm. Wow. And it's delicious. Uh, I got some of the cheese and uh, we had some of your chickens too. Can you tell me a little bit about... Uh, uh, what you've learned in the process of raising chickens as well, because that's a process. So we looked into the different breed meat birds that people currently raise and the most common one, which is the Cornish cross broiler. And what we didn't know is you can actually, you can't actually breed them yourselves. Um, Tyson actually owns the patent on these birds Just north of Austin and west of Waco, Texas, my friends and soon-to-be-your friends, Clinton and Christina Rary, offer a wide range of fresh and organic products that go straight from their farm to your table. All of their products are raised and produced using regenerative farming practices. Their animals are treated with the utmost care and respect, ensuring that they live happy and healthy lives. Fafo Farms believes that farming should be done in a way that is both environmentally and socially responsible. Fafo Farms is committed to providing their customers with the highest quality organic and ethically raised products. They are open Monday through Saturday, 9 to 5. If you live in Central Texas, schedule a pickup by calling 512-221-3245. Head on over to the farm at fafofarmstx.com or you can find them on the X at F-A-F-O Farms TX. Good evening, my fellow Americans. My name is Harry Balls, and I want to be your next president. As the candidate to become President Balls, I want to bring you the truth of my platform and projection for the next four years. As president, I will partner with the military-industrial complex, our compromised intelligence agencies, and the foreign influences dominating our economy to subjugate American citizens. I will embolden a surveillance state that will broadcast the private lives of American citizens as they attempt to belittle the power of the federal government. As president, I will divide the nation into tribal warfare based on race and foment civil war. I will also bring back unrelenting inflation and lockdowns as we vaccinate the public through strict mandatory programs that will implant a microchip into every citizen. To please my partners in the World Economic Forum and various globalist think tanks, I will further attack the nuclear family and prepare to send your children into the nightmare of a national draft as I escalate World War III. I will continue to keep the borders open and spend your tax dollars to ship, fly, and support the United Nations invasion of the United States with military-aged males from all over the world, including 24 terrorist countries. As president, I will further water down the Bill of Rights and Constitution until the planks of communism are resurrected as a new system of total law. As you can imagine, I am extremely compromised. In my private life, I have committed unspeakable atrocities against humanity and much of that has been recorded, so please vote for me. Or don't. It doesn't matter. President Balls will be your president, whether you like it or not. I'm Harry Balls, and I approve this message.
moving forward, they're going to have mRNA technology actually in Cornish crosses. So all the meat birds that you see in grocery stores are those Cornish crosses. And so as of uh, two weeks ago, we actually stopped buying Cornish crosses and we moved over to um, the Freedom Rangers. And so with the Freedom Rangers, they take a little bit longer because the Cornish crosses, um, they take eight weeks to raise before you uh, slaughter them. And so they can get up to about seven to eight pounds in eight weeks. The uh, Freedom Rangers take 16 weeks. So it's a little bit longer process, higher cost uh, and feed to uh, get them to that weight, but they don't get up to that eight pound weight. They average about four and a half pounds. Um, so it is a little bit more costly meat, but we're going to be actually moving over to the French Brosses or Besses. They're actually the queen of birds. Uh, they're the most tasting bird in the world. Um, and they're 16 weeks as well to raise, uh, but it's a lot higher quality uh, and better meat for you. And where are they from? Are they are, are those native to uh, the United States or, or are they from somewhere uh, overseas? So the Freedom Rangers are native to the U.S. Uh, they're just a crossbreed of two different uh, chickens. Uh, the French, I always mess it up, it's either Bresse or Bresse. Uh, they're not native to the U.S., right, so they, right. they call them the American breasts um, because they are a little bit bigger than the French breasts. And what do you, what can you tell uh, viewers, recommend uh, to viewers as far as if they want to start moving out of the city, what are the, some of the first things that you can recommend to do for sure that, you know, uh, you may have troubleshooted and you would, you know, give advice on for people that want to leave the city and, and do what you're doing, living off uh, self-sustainable farming and uh, and possibly off of the grid. So a lot of people think you need a lot of land to do farming. So we purchased 22 acres, but we're only actually actively using nine acres for our animals. Um, a lot of the property is wooded with cedar, so we're going to be cutting a lot of it back. Um, all, in, all that uh, soil underneath the trees is really rich because uh, it's been composting all of the, uh, the fallen leaves over the last however long they've been growing here. But the land that isn't covered by trees has been destroyed by the previous owners. So it's going to take us several years to reconstitute the soil without using any chemicals uh, doing the regenerative uh, farming method. And so... At max, I would say you need 10 acres max, but you can get away with two to three acres if you're just trying to raise chickens uh, or even just doing your own garden to feed yourself. You don't need a lot of land. You can even do it on one acre if you're just doing gardening. Yeah, you can literally self-sustain if you just take the time and the effort. And, you know, we have organic vegetables here in our backyard, and it's just, it's night and day. We just had our lemon tree explode, and to have actual organic, real lemons, you know, and then to have actual organic, uh, we have someone has chicken across the street and we try to get our, our, uh, raw chicken and, and milk from Fafo farms, tx.com. But, uh, <laughs> but, uh, the, just the night and day, your, your experience, everyone has their own experience, but the first time you tried a real actual chicken egg, you know, in comparison to uh, what you've been eating from the grocery store. It's a night and day difference. I mean, you get a yellow oak, which you buy from the store, and then you get your nice golden yolk from the pasture-raised chickens. Yeah. And so we actually ferment our feed in acidic way. So that's the byproduct of when we make our cheese. Uh, and so we ferment our feed in that for 48 hours, you get some nice bacteria in there that's good for the chickens and it increases their yield on the, the amount of eggs that they lay. Plus there's a lot more calcium in it. And so now their eggs are a lot harder and you don't have to worry about them breaking because they don't always lay in their coop because they are pasture raised. And so sometimes it's like an Easter egg hunt when we're trying to get our eggs. Um, but my biggest recommendation is you don't always have to rely on yourself, especially if you have zero knowledge. Um, and that's the first thing that we try to do when we moved out here is trying to do everything ourselves the first two, three months. Um, but then we found a great church that we connected with a lot of people that are in our own age. And 
they've offered so much help uh, with us on doing our farm. I mean, there's a gentleman that wants to help us with our fencing that he's going to give us all the leftover materials from jobs that he does uh, to piecemeal our fencing uh, to build that up so we can actually expand into the wooded areas. And then instead of buying a seed drill to plant seeds for the next season before the summer, because we're going to get drought tolerant seeds that are native seeds, and we're going to do about 11 to 13 different species of plants uh, for cover crops. And so that's that seed drill is about five grand. Uh, instead of investing into that, the gentleman said, hey, my great aunt, she has one. She's 81, 81 years old. She doesn't need it anymore. When you need it, just give me a call. We'll go over there and we'll see the land for you. Um, no cost. So just connecting with people in your community, uh, getting to a local church uh, is my best recommendation. And just finding people that you can help and they can help you in return. Because when you're living in a rural area, you really got to rely on your neighbors. Yeah. And, and also bartering comes into play too. And and uh, yeah, there's so many. I, I when I lived in Kentucky, in Eastern Kentucky, I uh, spent a year off the grid, more or less. And my neighbors basically taught me how to farm vegetables. And I grew so many vegetables, I, I didn't, you know, I had to give them all away, uh, a lot of them away, you know. And and that happens too. Uh, people have an abundance, and everyone wants to share with each other, and it's it's a really great thing. Uh, you know, I mean, e- even under the conditions that we're under with the uh, New World Order dominance and the the nuttiness of the Biden administration and, and the uncertainty of the economy and, you know, everything that, that leads people to want to leave the cities, it's still a good idea. It It's not, you know, you're going to do this just to survive and get away from this. It's actually a really great thing. I had such a profound experience farming for that just that small amount of time that i did it and uh, it's just so rewarding wouldn't you agree oh it's very rewarding and it and you, it requires no gym membership if you want to stay in shape i mean it's a yeah. lot of work so we we thought we were going to need a, a gym in our home so i spent like three grand building a gym in my home and i haven't even touched it because i'm so active on the farm yeah but now we resell all the equipment that has dust piling up on it in the next room over <laughs> yeah, uh, they say that uh, the Amish are so healthy. Uh, they they try to break the myth that you know they don't. They're one percent of the U.S. population doesn't get vaccinated, and that would that a big healthy portion of that is is the Amish. And uh, there's been somewhat of a, a myth that they don't get any diseases or any cancer or anything like that which they don't at a, at, you know, at a very low rate, they do, uh, they have other issues that are, you know, actually uh, the old Amish, uh, they have an issue with dwarfism that's in their family line and stuff like that. But as far as, uh, being loaded up with vaccines, the Amish aren't, they don't have any vaccines in them. And on top of that, their, uh, their step count, uh, you know, per day, um, and like you said, the manual labor, the, the lifting, the chopping, um, a doctor, a doctor will generally recommend that their patient try to get 10,000 steps per day. And the average Amish person gets something like, and probably you too. And you Frank too, uh, average about, you know, 14,000 to 18,000 steps per day. And so they're just constantly, uh, in shape, they're they're always in shape. There are the the uh, obesity rate is very small for the Amish. Four uh, percent of Amish people are obese. You know, compared to thirty six point five percent of the U.S. population. So, uh, I thought it was, uh, I thought it was above fifty percent now. Is it? Yeah. So yeah. when I was running for city council, the obesity wow. rate was at forty seven percent. Wow. That's wow. A, you know, it, you know, Clint, everything that you've been talking about, it really like um <clears throat> if you look at our cities really if you if you look at like Bosnia, what happened in the Bosnian war, there was like an ethnic cleansing. What's happened in American cities, there's been an ideological cleansing where if you don't think this way, then you can't exist. And what they've done 
is it's forced us to move out into the country, basically. And what they don't want to happen, they really don't want us to go out into the country. And I, I actually, I lived in Dallas and I lived all over the, all over the world, really, Chicago, LA, Dallas. But I was in Dallas and I grew up outside of Cleveland and my family has a dairy farm, which was devastated by NAFTA because there was a 237% tariff on our milk products going to Canada. So that's a whole nother story. We hung on, we hung on, but um, I moved I moved back to like the family within a mile of a family farm and and bought another farm. And I, I, I actively only use about an acre and a half to grow my vegetables. And if you have, I have a good friend of mine who has a quarter acre and he's got like eight chicken. So it's like, you can do it on really small areas. All, all you need to start is an old cup that you, you had soup in, poke some holes in it, go outside, get some dirt and get a seed and you can start growing anything. It's really easy and it's so rewarding. And when you do it, it's always abundance. When you watch God's creation come out of a seed, out of the ground and then and witness it bear fruit, and then you have too much to eat and you give it away to your friends. Just north of Austin and west of Waco, Texas, my friends and soon-to-be your friends, Clinton and Christina Rary, offer a wide range of fresh and organic products that go straight from their farm to your table. All of their products are raised and produced using regenerative farming practices. Their animals are treated with the utmost care and respect, ensuring that they live happy and healthy lives. Fafo Farms believes that farming should be done in a way that is both environmentally and socially responsible. Fafo Farms is committed to providing their customers with the highest quality organic and ethically raised products. They are open Monday through Saturday, 9 to 5. If you live in Central Texas, schedule a pickup by calling 512-221-3245. Head on over to the farm at fafofarmstx.com or you can find them on the X at FAFO Farms. What they've done, the globalist Luciferians, they've created a new system that's actually the old system. This is what everyone did. Everyone used to live on family farms. And, you know, we 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 have a combine to harvest our crops that we allow other people to use that have been using our combine for years. And that's how it is. You know, Monsanto stopped all that, but humanity and human nature is unstoppable. History doesn't repeat itself, human nature does. And we have a totalitarian nature in the world right now with city dwellers, basically, that are forcing the good people, if we want to survive, to move out into the country and become stronger and exactly what they don't want. They don't want us to do that. So I commend you guys doing it. It, it, it really sounds like Fafo, the name Fafo. <laughs> do, do you, uh, ha, how close are you to Bush's ranch down there? I would have to check. I'm not too sure. My, I have family that lived in Colleen. I actually, the, when I was in the Army, the last place I was at was in at Fort Hood. And I, I don't even know what they call it now. But And I, I moved in and out um, to Iraq from North Fort Hood, where the old POW camp was. So I actually went with my old man one day and found Bush's Ranch. And it's in between. It's north of Colleen and west of Waco. So it's very close to you, man. It's a beautiful area down there. For Prairie sure. Ranch Temple. What's that? The Prairie Chapel Ranch. It might be that. It might be that. Yeah. We just drove up to the gate. We couldn't see anything and left. Yeah, it's 44 minutes from me. Yeah. And, and it's funny because we're driving down this rural road about five minutes away. And here comes a dude on a mountain bike with a helmet on with a backpack like 
eyeballing us like, oh, <laughs> totally a Secret Service guy outside his ranch. So, yeah, that was, I don't know, that was just a funny thing. Um, you know, you, you should try, you should, you should look into waddle fencing too. I do that here for fun. And that's like, you know, waddling when you're, cl- if you're clearing out, if you need to clear out some forested area and you, you have a lot of, uh, a lot of saplings, just keep them and use it for fencing, man, or slab wood. Yeah. Oh, no, no, I, we, do that, plan on, we do plan on doing that too for the front of the property. Yeah. Cool. Cool. Yeah. It, it's good to attack stacking up the wood to dry it out. Yeah. It, I, I think it's, I think it's great what you're doing. And, um, more and more Americans will be doing this because it's the only way. And during World War II, everyone had a victory garden because they had ration cards for food. We're in World War III. Whether they're going to proclaim it or not, we're deep in it. And this one, everyone fights the last war. This world war is not with guns and tanks and bombs. It's with shots and it's with ideological propaganda that disheartens people and makes them depressed and makes them easily manipulatable and with food. And this is this is the front line of the battle is speaking out and not being afraid to say that their ideological ideology is wrong and to grow your own food. And what I do personally, I love growing the peppers and the onions and the potatoes. So that's what I concentrate on. And then I have other people that grow other stuff and we just trade, you know? So, yeah. And it's, um, you know, building that community is another thing that they don't want. And that that's the most important thing that I've, I've gotten out of coming back to farming and having to do things every single day. You need to have a community. You need to have outside help and they need your help too. And they want it and they appreciate it. And that's how, that's what enriches our lives. I, your gym story is hilarious because I tripped out when my friend was like, uh, she was a she was a trainer for Bally's and she was out here, and I was carrying two bundles of something, and she's like, "That's an exercise we do in the gym." I'm like, "What?" She's like, "Yeah, it's called farmers carry." I'm like, "Where people just pick up weights and they walk back and forth across the gym because that's what we do." Like. Uh, like I'm never walking outside without carrying something ever, you know, and <laughs> that that we 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 are doing what they most don't want humanity to do. And they forced us to do is do it because this is just human nature. And it's very easy when you just allow yourself to do what we already know is right. Well, there's yeah. something to be said about exercising and actually getting something done at the same time. You know, I mean, that's, you know, it's obvious with exercising, you're, you're just, you are going to get your body fit and you're going to stay healthy, but you're all, you know, with what you guys are doing, uh, you know, you're, you're planning, you're building a fence, you're getting up every morning, you're getting into a routine. How early do you guys get up? I wake up at seven every day. My wife's up at five, so she gets up, has her morning coffee. She reads the Bible, does her morning prayer, nice. and then she cooks, she cooks breakfast, eat breakfast, and then we go right out to doing chores, let out the chickens, make sure their food and their water is topped off for the day. And then once we do it with all the chickens, then we move out to the pasture because um, we got our backyard chickens that are our personal chickens for us, for our eggs. Yeah. And then we move out to the pasture, and then we – I pull the cows out, I bring the cow over to the milking stanchion, milk the cow, depending on, okay, am I out of milk for myself? Do we have any milk orders? Okay, well, I have this many milk orders. We get three and a half gallons a day. So if we're doing milk that day, then great. I'm in and out of the house. Then I get back on the pasture and help my wife uh, move the rest of the animals. If not, then I'm doing, I'm putting all the milk through uh, making cheese. So that process, get the, get it ready for the cheese. That takes about an hour. So then once I get that, then I go back out to the pasture and help her. And then we're done with our morning chores right around like 8, 30, 9 o'clock. So it only takes us about an hour and a half to two hours uh, for everything in the morning. And then in the evening, we're just making sure that their their feed uh, is topped off as well. 
because like I said, the pasture that they're on is kind of degraded. And so there's not a lot of grass. So we, we are making sure that they actually have feed um, in, in their little zone area that we moved them on to. Yeah, that's. Uh, so it, are you yeah. involved in, are you involved where you are now locally in politics? Not yet. I've connected with a couple people out here. Um, I am talking with the local mayor because he's in one of the groups that I'm with. And then there's a council member there and also a school, school board uh, member there. Uh, so I do talk with individuals that are in politics, but I'm not getting politically involved because I'm more focused on building up our farm and then educating people about a real organic dense food versus the poison that's sold in stores that has glyphosate on it and then people don't understand that the food that they eat is the reason why we have so much cancer in america exactly I mean, yeah we have we at this time in our lives there's gyms everywhere there's vitamin shops everywhere and we're the most unhealthy nation in the world with 50 percent obesity rate one in i think it's one in six men have diabetes um and these are all causes of the food that we eat and so monsanto is the reason why we're having all this glyphosate on our foods why we have gmo everywhere i mean if you look back 25 years ago you would, everything would be labeled gmo and everything would be everything else was natural now it's everything is gmo and then you have organic but is it really organic because most of the organic food that we buy is coming from china we don't inspect that and a lot of you also don't know, 85% of beef in our market comes from China. Yeah, that, 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 it, 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 it's really, uh, it's, it's crazy how people do not know how we are so dependent on other things. And it's all poison. It, at, at, I think you go into a supermarket, it's like 90% of the products in there are not healthy for you. And that it's... You, we can't make these huge like Walmart grocery stores. So what you're doing is the future. That is the way, which is, again, like I was saying, is back to how it used to be because you can't eat the food in the supermarket because it is poison. People get cancer. People are obese because they're, they're, drink, they're drinking uh, you know, corn syrup, which the body is not meant to even ingest. It hasn't evolved. The human body hasn't evolved ingesting these foods. And so, you know, it's 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 really to a point, too, where we have to be like, we can't change these people. We can't save these people. We have to just go and be us and and be the best us we can be and then be an example to those people. Because, I mean, I don't know about you, but like the whole bug out of the city thing. People are like, oh, yeah, I'll just bug out if thing get, things get bad. Well, where are you coming? You coming to my place? Is that where <laughs> you're going? Yeah. You know? <laughs> like, so. I mean, even, even before I ran for city council, I, I was pushing almost 290 pounds. And so I, I was clinically obese. And it's because of all the food that I was eating. And I just tried to buy, like, be healthy, buying food at the store. And I'd be working out hard at the gym. And my weight was barely dropping off and then my wife's looking into like she's like oh let's try the carnivore diet where we only eat meat and i was like barbecue oh i can do that <laughs> no carnivore we just only eat meat and so then we looked at local ranches around the area and we found this one ranch that all, all their beef is grass-fed uh pasture raised they don't vaccinate their animals they definitely are not going to be doing mrna on their animals and so within six months of just buying their beef from them I went from about 280 all the way down to 172 in a year. Wow. Yeah. Yeah. And, and that's what it is. It's the food. It's the food. I, I don't do cardio because I got bad knees and bad hips from the military. I just did my standard working out and walking. I'd walk my dog a mile a day. Yeah.
just north of Austin and west of Waco, Texas, my friends and soon-to-be-your friends, Clinton and Christina Rary, offer a wide range of fresh and organic products that go straight from their farm to your table. All of their products are raised and produced using regenerative farming practices. Their animals are treated with the utmost care and respect, ensuring that they live happy and healthy lives. Fafo Farms believes that farming should be done in a way that is both environmentally and socially responsible. Fafo Farms is committed to providing their customers with the highest quality organic and ethically raised products. They are open Monday through Saturday, 9 to 5. If you live in Central Texas, schedule a pickup by calling 512-221-3245. Head on over to the farm at fafofarmstx.com, or you can find them on the X at fafofarmstx. In 2015, agriculture distribution giant Cargill sponsored the Food Reaction Game, a simulation that would end with a global carbon tax. The game itself created an opportunity to live into the future. It caused people to think through what the possibilities are. And in that process, I think they realized what they have to start to do today to prepare for that future. According to the Cargill website, 65 international policymakers, academics, business, and thought leaders gathered at the World Wildlife Fund's headquarters in Washington, D.C. to simulate how the world would respond to a future food crisis. The game took the players from the year 2020 to 2030. As it was projected, the decade brought two major food crises, with prices approaching 400% of the long-term average, a raft of climate-related extreme weather events, governments toppling in Pakistan and Ukraine, and famine and refugee crises in Bangladesh, Myanmar, Chad, and Sudan. The challenges and crises that we were assigned are exactly what we expect to see in the future. So you've got famine, you've got increased pests, you've got the role of climate change in the world. The most eye-catching result, however, was a deal between the U.S., the EU, India, and China standing in for the top 20 greenhouse gas emitters to institute a global carbon tax and cap CO2 emissions in 2030. The situation got so dire that they were forced into bilateral and even trilateral negotiations and meetings. And we were able to get all the other major parties to agree to a price on carbon and then to immediately start moving towards trading. Years later, Cargill would come to be known as the worst company in the world regarding environmental conservation accountability. While the food game itself would prove to be a big corporation global carbon tax plan directive. Today, with partners like the IMF, World Bank, and the World Trade Organization, we're calling to bringing in carbon pricing to triple it on emissions up from about 21% of emissions covered by a price on pollution around the world to get to 60% covered by a price on pollution by 2030. The carbon, a carbon tax has what is called a regressive impact in the sense that uh, it's paid by everybody, whether you earn 50,000 francs a year or 100,000 francs or 200,000 francs, you pay just based upon your consumption of carbon products. And for people at the bottom of the wage scale, this can be a big problem. The impact of corporate manipulation via the pandemic's tyrannical impact on third world countries has already created a famine affecting 68 million people, proving there is nothing organic about the state of the geopolitical landscape. Corporations and their lackeys inhabiting the corporatocracy in Washington, D.C. are waging a covert war on Western civilization in order to manifest the trillion-dollar tyrannical windfall of global carbon taxes and the implementation of Great Reset totalitarianism. As the greatest transfer of wealth in world history continues on its course of human enslavement. John Bound reporting. Oh, I, I, I think he is a war criminal. Further escalation of the war, whether by accident or design, threatens all of humanity. 
Raising the alert of Russian nuclear forces is a bone-chilling development. The prospect of nuclear conflict, once unthinkable, is now back within the realm of possibility. Bare minimum, this is how you get a massive war with hundreds of thousands of dead Western and, and Russian troops. And so this is the very scenario, scenario number two, that most international and intelligence agency uh, war games and, and Defense Department war games show will trigger nuclear war. Number one is Pakistan and India. Number two is the Ukrainian situation called the uh, NATO-Ukraine-Russia war scenario that kills a billion people on the low end. And then the third scenario is the South China Sea, Taiwan, Hong Kong uh, crisis uh, being kicked off there that could happen between Vietnam and the Philippines against China. Anything could kick it off where we already see skirmishes going on overall. Uh, these drilling rigs in the South China Sea and other areas, the artificial islands the Chinese are building. So that's where the world is right now. That's the reality. So when you see leftists calling for war, and when you see right-wingers calling for war and all this idiocy, you know the old saying, World War III will be fought with nuclear weapons, World War IV will be fought with sticks and stones. Republican Senator Lindsey Graham suggesting the Russian people get rid of him. You need to take this guy out by any means uh, possible. Putin is trying to bait the trap so that uh, we go in, and that's the beginning, could be the beginning of World War III. Uh, Putin totally irresponsible using weapons that are not allowed under the Geneva Connect Convention. Putin, who uh, threatens chem using chemical weapons, um, nuclear, and the rest. So myself, when I see that, that those tanks, that 40 miles of tanks, I'd like to take out those tanks. I mean, I, I think that there are a couple of them having more planes might be useful, but that I'm not a, a military strategist. And uh, Russia now announcing they're likely to ban exports of wheat and oats and uh, buckwheat and, and other grains all the way through June 30th. And that's on top of, of course, Ukraine banning the exports of all those grains and Hungary banning exports of wheat. Why is this happening? Because these countries know that there's a global shortage and that they have to protect their domestic supply. Now, China was very smart about this strategically. They bought up grain supplies around the world over the last, let's say, eight months or so. They're sitting on about 18 months of wheat right now. But the United States does not have really a strategic grain supply. We're going to be facing severe shortages and price inflation in the grocery stores, hitting the U.S. in the second half of this year, accelerating from about August all the way through the end of the year. But I think what we're going to see in the United States is that the prices will get so high on not only grains, but then meat and dairy and eggs, because all of those products come from animals that are fed the grains. So most of the grains in the world are actually grown to feed animals, not to feed people. And so we're going to see huge increases in meat prices beyond what we've seen already. So flash mobs are going to start looting grocery stores in, in huge numbers and stealing the meat primarily. But just the food rationing, they will have to implement food rationing passports, which is a mark of the beast system to verify your identity. It might be a face scan, an iris scan, a thumbprint scan, or maybe just your mobile phone that's tied to your identity. There's going to be more stimulus money handed out and the money to buy groceries. There are going to be at least 10 million more Americans put on food stamps. Eventually, maybe in 23 or 24, they'll say that if you want to buy food under the food rationing system, you must use the central bank digital dollar control system. And that's how they're going to starve people into the mark of the beast Federal Reserve crypto system controlled by the government. So they're going to say we're terrorists and we're Russian sympathizers. OK, so this is all a, a way to internationally take over, create a global crisis on the heels of the police state already set up under COVID-19, and now just roll that in to outline their opposition. So this is banking, technocratic, fifth, sixth generational warfare, economic against the people. It's called the Great Reset, Build Back Better. of Austin and west of Waco, Texas, my friends and soon-to-be-your-friends, Clinton and Christina Rary, 
offer a wide range of fresh and organic products that go straight from their farm to your table. All of their products are raised and produced using regenerative farming practices. Their animals are treated with the utmost care and respect, ensuring that they live happy and healthy lives. Fafo Farms believes that farming should be done in a way that is both environmentally and socially responsible. Fafo Farms is committed to providing their customers with the highest quality organic and ethically raised products. They are open Monday through Saturday, 9 to 5. If you live in Central Texas, schedule a pickup by calling 512-221-3245. Head on over to the farm at fafofarmstx.com or you can find them on the X at fafofarmstx. Look at a if you look at the ingredients in oatmeal in America and you look at the ingredients in oatmeal in Britain, there's twice as many ingredients in America. And it's all chemicals that you don't need. And it's almost like not only did they do an experiment on the world with the COVID and the COVID vaccines, they're doing a, an experiment on Americans where they're feeding us food that will purposely get us obese, that will purposely make when you get obese, you get morbidly obese and it's morbidly obese because you're going to develop more diseases and die early. And that's exactly what they want. And there's no other alternative for people. So big food and big pharma are in bed together. I mean, you gotta look at Monsanto, they own bear. And so they, they make you sick and then they come in with the cure, their cure, but it's not, it's not solving the root issue of why you're feeling the way that you're feeling. I mean, when you have a headache, the cure is not an aspirin. Okay, your cure is you probably have magnesium deficiency. So you need to increase your magnesium instead of taking an aspirin. We, we had a, an issue where there was a, a feed that everybody was getting that the chickens weren't producing eggs. Yeah, it's the low protein count. So the, the label says 16%. It was not 16%. So you need at least a 16% threshold for them at least lay a little bit of their minimum eggs, but your goal should be 20%. Um, and that's what we get that boost with the acidic whey ferment, fermentation. Okay, right on. All right, I'm, I'm going to tell my buddy that, man. <laughs> All right, well, thanks for joining us, Clinton. We could find you at uh, fafofarmstx.com. And uh, that's also the address. That is also the address on Twitter. Is that correct? Yes, sir. All right. Well, thanks for joining us again, and we hope to see you real soon. Uh, plenty of topics to discuss regarding farming, agriculture, and this crazy world we all live in together. All right. Take care, y'all. Good to see you, man.